This is this is the big life. Big, big, big life. The show for people who want to live life large. I'm Ray Waters. I'm Neil Campbell. How are you today, sir? I didn't sleep last night, so I'm a little bit nutty. Oh, hopefully that's fun. <laughs> I'm hanging on. I yeah. hope it's going to be fun, too. What's the agenda for today? I'm excited because you brought this up the other day. I don't remember what we were talking about, but you brought up this idea as a tool of dealing with going through something, whatever it is, making better choices by considering in retrospect what would be your better story. And I love that as a tool. I, I remember saying that when you and I were yeah. talking, and I have found that to be real helpful. And how I stumbled into this uh-huh. is as I was preparing to write my book a couple of years ago, um, I went to the internet try to, to try to get some ideas about key ingredients in a story. And of yeah. course, we had, I'm sure you heard what I heard in high school, kind yeah. of what makes a good story. Things like you have to have a protagonist who's mm-hmm. on a, a noble quest, and then there's an antagonist that comes along, and he has some kind of interest in stopping the yeah. hero. and there's this wonderful arc in the story and conflict and mm-hmm. plot twist. And so anyway, I was thinking about all those things. And as I was running those through my mind, I heard a speaker you and I have talked about before, um, Donald Miller. Yeah, he's awesome. Oh my gosh. He, he wrote the book Blue Like Jazz, which I love very, very much. And I heard him talking about how these same ingredients in, in a book or in a movie or a story are important in our lives and they're all there. And we need to consider it as we consider a great story. So I want to tip my hat to Donald Miller because that's where I first got the idea. And I remember reading that book when I was going through my divorce and somebody recommended it. They said, this will be good for you. Yeah, and I think I, I totally agree. And now he has a uh, um, something called Storyline, which even mm-hmm. develops this further. So if anybody oh, cool. wants to check that out, please check that out. But uh, I began to think about my life more and more as a story. So let me just develop that a little bit. And and if if I'm missing it, please tell me stop because I want to make sure people get this. Every story needs a protagonist. That's the main character. And he needs to have a good ambition, something he's trying to accomplish, some quest. Um, And so that's the first thing is I have to see myself as the lead in my story. Right. I know people who are so passive in their life that they don't even think that they have a story. They're in somebody else's story as the doorman or whatever, or selling popcorn at the movie, but they don't see themselves as the protagonist in their story. And so I I think about that a lot. We are not mindless pieces of plastic floating in the ocean. We, we are, we have backbones. We have the ability to, to stand in our story and it's not our mom's story and it's not our dad's story. It's my story. It's your story. I think that's important. It's like that thing that we talk about from time to time. You can happen to life or life can happen to you. Exactly. Exactly. And I know I have had seasons when I was the passive Mm -hmm. person that that didn't think this is my story. I'm the protagonist of my story. So that's exactly right. The other part of that, too, is if you're the protagonist you have to have some kind of a noble quest. There has to be, for the story to be good, mm-hmm. now, you're the movie king. I guess you've seen more movies than anybody. I'm, a, I'm an addict. You're an addict. And I I don't think you probably see many movies where the the quest for the protagonist is to one day own Ford's latest pickup truck. I mean, that, that doesn't seem right. to be noble enough. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know what I'm talking about. It seems like there has to be some kind of an objective that gets our interest that where we say, this is a, this is an honorable, noble pursuit. This is something that keeps us um, not, not just getting a bigger car, not getting a bigger house, not taking a nicer vacation, but there's something a little bit bigger 
than that. Um, it sounds like you're almost saying like it's a bigger story that transcends just now. You know, if you get the new truck, that's a great, great to thing. tell great somebody thing. for this week and sure. maybe next week and maybe next month. But if you're still talking about the new truck six months from now, people are going to want to walk away. I, I think you're exactly right. So it has to be something like I'm in this bad predicament, but I have this noble pursuit to to move past this, to do something heroic, to rescue that child from the people who are hurting them, yeah. to, to create something of meaning with my life. So that's the first part. And um, it's really helped me to try to realize this is my story. What's the old song? This, this is my story. <laughs> this is my song. That's exactly right. That yeah. needs to just be imprinted in our brain, yeah. and people need to remember that. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing is, there's going to be conflict and there's going to be difficulties to overcome. There is always an antagonist of some sort who is bent on stopping the protagonist in his progress. And so I have to remember that that is life. Right. And I know so many people who, when their mom died, they just quit. They Mm -hmm. said, I can't deal with this or, um, got the pink slip from the company. Yeah. Can't do it anymore. I went through the divorce. I know yeah. you and I have both been there, yeah. and that can certainly put you in a hole for a, a while. Yeah. But some people never get out of it. And I, I find it interesting, all the world religions talk about that's life. That mm-hmm. even, even Jesus says, in this life, you're going to have hardships and difficulties. So when yeah. people think they're going to have a life that doesn't have pink slips, it mm-hmm. doesn't have relationships breaking up, and they don't have children that have illness, those things don't happen. And you've got to learn how to navigate through that, still seeing yourself as the protagonist. These hardships can't surprise you and they cannot make you quit. And without them, yeah. the movie is a boring movie. If 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 it works like this and Tom wanted to marry the pretty girl and <laughs> so he did, well, that's kind of a yawner to me. That's uh-huh. like I want to see Tom have to fight through a few things to get to the pretty girl at the end. I want to see something like that. Or Willie set out to build the time machine. And so he did and everything worked perfectly. (laughs) I don't want to see, I want him to end up in a place he's not supposed to be because things went haywire. I think they call that, and you would know so much more about movies than I do. Like, is it negative turns or negative? It's like you're going in a, a direction or plot twist, I guess would be a way to say it. Yeah, You're going in a direction and then, Where did that come from? Oh my gosh, this is tough. And that is life. And I believe people are either in a difficulty right now, or they're just coming out of a difficulty, or they're just about to go into a difficulty. But life seems to present to us always challenges, difficulties, things that try to uh, knock us off of the path. And so as soon as we realize that, I think that makes us better. So that's the second thing. Protagonist then you've got to know there's going to be conflict. The third thing I believe in every great story is the ability to overcome the difficulties and keep pressing on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think things are going to be tough, but if I put my mind to it, I'm going to figure out the answer. Um, My mom, let's say my mom passes away and it's devastating to me. And if you're listening to this mom, I hope it's a long time (laughs) before you pass away, but I know people go through this, but if that happens, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to weep for a season, for a period of time, but then I'm going to get up, I'm going to dust myself off, wipe the tears away, and I'm going to get on with it because this is my one and only life. If I have a business loan I'm depending on and the business loan falls through, I'm going to wipe the tears away, I'm going to whine for an evening, then I'm going to get up, dust myself off, 
and move on. Same thing if love leaves and that happens. I'm not going to resign from life. I'm going to try to dust myself off as soon as I can and get back in the game. So that that's that's important. Then this is the this is kind of a final piece to me. You do that and you ask yourself always what is the best story? What in this situation what creates the most beautiful story? You realize that the story won't necessarily end up the way you thought it would in the beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah, it'll be different. It'll but... be different, but it'll be beautiful. Yeah. And I thought and and I heard Miller say this, and I don't know if you watch this movie because I know you're not a huge sports guy, but there was a movie several years ago called Friday Night Lights. Did yeah. you see that? Okay, it, yeah. it's a great movie, and it was a true story. It was about this high school in Odessa, Texas, mm-hmm. and their attempt to win the state championship in 1988. Anyway, it's all about the background of the players and the parents and the struggles, and the best player gets hurt with a career-ending injury and. It's, it's just this incredible story, and they come to the last game state championship, and I don't know if you remember it, but you're, it's one of those where you think, they're going to win this on the last play of the game. This is going to be so cool, and yeah. the last play of the game, and they miss it by just inches. They just oh my miss it. And so it's one of those movies that you leave and you say, God, what a story. And I saw the, the people who wrote the screenplay interviewed because the same team wins the state championship the next year. Yeah. So it's like, why wouldn't you? do the movie about yeah. that year. And they said it's because 1988 was a better story. Wow. These guys tried harder. Uh-huh. They fought bigger f- obstacles. They climbed bigger mountains. Uh-huh. And that, that so I, I think, you know, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I know I am going to create the best story I can create in every situation. I'm going to think, what's the better story? And it kills me sometimes when people don't think about that. I, people going through a divorce and, yeah. and that's devastating. I know that's devastating. You still have an opportunity to say, what could make this a more beautiful story? What would make it more beautiful? Is it more beautiful to trash my ex and right. ruin everything, have my children hear me talk horribly about their parent, yeah. other parent? Or is it more beautiful to say, I'm going to honor that person and I'm not going to say ugly things to me in the long run. You have some, some failures along the way, but it's a much more beautiful, beautiful story. But it's not easy when you're going through it because Correct. of that thing that you talk about, the amygdala hijack. Is yeah, that what it's yeah, that's exactly right. You just kind of, everything freaks out in you and you think, I can't do this. I'm going to fight. When it feels like you're being attacked, your way of life, your way of thinking, your way of comfort, all of that. When it feels like you're being attacked, sometimes that primitive part of our brain takes over and just does stupid stuff it does. that it hurts does. us and it hurts does. other people. And I guess, I guess it's when you can take a step back and you can say, this is still my story yeah. and I don't have to, uh, I don't have to go through it as the ugly, bad, negative, mm-hmm. hold a grudge, won't forgive. I'm going to go through this life of mine, this story and make it as beautiful and positive and optimistic as I can be. So that, in a nutshell, that's kind of right. what I, I, I try to remember. And I find sometimes that's a helpful way to get people to think about their lives just a little bit differently. It really involves our evolved conscious mind taking over and saying, I'm going to decide to be better, to do better, to live a better story. I, I love that. And I love that it's possible. And yeah. you've seen it and yeah. I've seen it. And uh, there's enough of those experiences that we can say, he did it. She did it. 
there's no reason why I can't do it. You can't do it. Or whoever's listening right now can't do it. What would make the best story? Um, Does your life have empathy? Are you feeling for other people? Are you all about you? Or do you never make a decision that's not selfish driven? And I don't don't want to be too preachy, but you you know what I'm talking about? Some people don't seem to have any concern about this world that we mm-hmm. live in and people are hurting and suffering. How, how does your story relate? Cause I want to watch your story and mm-hmm. I want to think, I want to be thrilled by it and say, Oh my gosh, he's about to go. No, no way. He, yeah. he turned it around. He turned yeah. it around. And I think those stories are so stinking beautiful. I, I love them very, very, very much. We read a book called tribes by Seth Godin. I liked it. I did too. Let me tell people just a little bit about who Seth is in case you don't know the name. And I hope you put it on your radar because you need to know this name. He's one of the most amazing thinkers in our day. He's an entrepreneur. um, He's a blogger. In fact, I I get his blog every morning. He blogs 365 days a year. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's like I never heard anybody do that. But he's he's one of the most popular bloggers in the world. He's uh, all about marketing of ideas in the digital age, author of a lot of books. And Tribes, I think, is one of his biggest books. He's written things like Lynchpin, uh, The Dip, uh, Purple Cow. But Tribes, I think, was was one that's been widely acclaimed. And uh, you and I both decided that we wanted to read it. And uh, I, I I loved it. What, in, 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 what do you think it was all about kind of from your perspective? It's really about how society is changing because of technology, the Internet, before we were kind of stuck with who we were born around it was our family our church our school our community uh, and if we were lucky maybe we moved away and we went to college and maybe that expanded our horizon and the people in our lives but for most people it was just that small local group right now we're able to connect with people all over the world not because of shared genetics, but shared ideology and shared hopes and shared dreams and shared idealism. So there's this connection that people can have all over the world, and that's what Seth is calling tribes. tribes. And you can actively work to find your tribe, but a lot of times your tribe just happens to find you because of things you share online on social media the people who like your way of thinking are drawn to you. You attract that. You attract who you are to you. Yeah. I'll tell you an example of that. I'm always trying, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm trying to figure out how can you stay in optimal health? How can you, Mm -hmm. you and all that. So I saw something come across the feed the other day and it was a neurosurgeon that is really big into health and wellness and physical fitness and strength training and all that. So I bought his book, and as I was thumbing through the book, I realized they had a Facebook group, and it, was a, yeah. it wasn't an open group. I'd never been in a group that's a closed kind mm-hmm. of a group. It even cost a little money to join this group. Interesting. So, I know, and I'd never seen anything like this. But anyway, I joined the group, and what it, it's all of these people who are asking similar questions. They're getting older. How do we um, – how much – carbohydrates ideally do we eat with protein during a day what's the optimal exercise if yeah. we're in our 50s what how do we take the the belly fat off if, if we're that's a concern anyway all of these things and so anyway I've been following it on Facebook so the other night just about to go to bed and I'm starving because I've kind of tried to clean up my diet <laughs> the last few days so I'm starving I think I want to just eat the leg of the chair anything 
And I flip over there and there were some other people who were saying, Hey, I've just started eating a different routine. Uh-huh. I am starving. What do you suggest? Wow. And all these people began to, who've been in this tribe yeah. for a while, they all began to suggest things that you can do to kind of curb the appetite just a little bit. They're, they're real strong believers in not eating after 7 p.m. But but a few almonds, I ended up doing a few almonds, which someone okay. suggested. And I drank a lot of water and I went to bed successful. But it was, it was like I was suddenly a part of a family of people yeah. or a tribe of people that they're kind of all were thinking the same kind of things that I have been thinking. And so I guess that's what you're talking about when you say tribe. Yeah, what that's, Seth means. I that's like that. what it is. And for me that, you know, I've got, I, I feel like I have different tribes. I've got political tribes. I've got food tribes. I love to cook and, um, I love Italian food because I had an Italian grandmother-in-law who taught me how to cook things oh, from scratch. Yeah. yeah. And so you will, have your dietary things that are important to you. And a a lot of those overlap with mine. I don't like processed food. I I like to make my pasta from scratch. You don't tend to eat pasta unless you're taking a break from the diet. And I will eat pasta every meal. Right, right. Yeah, I get that. So, so the, so the tribes aren't, they can overlap. They can be, it's, it's very cool. And I, if I remember Godin said lasting and substantive change is best affected now through our tribes. That's how change is actually happening in the world today. This book is example after example of individual people who are doing things that changed something in a radical, impressive way. They wouldn't have been able to do it without the internet. And so, and even, I guess, people going back a little bit further, people like Oprah, people who have really been drawn to Oprah that would be her tribe. Those are people that whatever Oprah oh, yeah. does, we we want to see it because yeah. we think she brings wisdom. She brings she brings great insight. Um, so that would be an example. Like you said, you have political tribes right. where people kind of gravitate to the news that that people are sharing and and, and console each other when the news is bad and <laughs> yeah. rejoice when the news is good. Yes, yeah, so I like that whole tribes thing. I jotted down a couple of things I was going to ask you. Godin believes that what most often keeps someone from becoming a leader is the fear of failure. And that was really cool to me in this book because the, the, a lot of the terminology was new, but it really goes back all the time to failure or fear is right. the big deal we have to overcome, I guess. It's, it's got to be the biggest limiter in life. He says that the fear of failure, if, if we don't get over that, we end up being managers but never really Leaders. Oh, yeah. He makes a huge difference between managers. And he says, because leaders are going to always challenge the status quo. They're always going to, he, do you remember what he called them in the book? Heretics. Heretics. Yeah. That was amazing to me that he used that terminology, but they, they question what we have always believed is so. And they have the wherewithal to say, uh, it could be done differently, and so yeah. he called them heretics. I thought I never, I never wanted to identify particularly as a oh, heretic. Oh, me, I, I love it because yeah. I'm a skeptic and a yeah. rebel, and so I love the idea of heretics. Some of my favorite people are people who have been put on trial That's in right. churches. You and, know, you and I know a few yeah. as heretics, That's and so the, it, he uses it both in terms of religion and outside of that space. And what's what it's really about is the rebel who's saying, "I'm not doing it this way." It, it's like no, uh-uh, we're not doing that. I'm going to do it my way. I like that. Uh, he said that uh, most people within organizations tend to be sheepwalkers. Again, that was one of yeah. those phrases that's very memorable. 
and uh, they've just been raised to be obedient, and they just kind of fall into line. And I guess that worked if we're in a factory world where right. everybody works at the factory. That's that's that would be a good idea. And small town life. I you grew up in and around Atlanta. I grew up in a really small town, and when you don't have opportunities for entertainment and everything. It's pretty much the church. And that's all that you have to guide what you think is right, what you think is wrong, what you think is good, what you think is bad, what you think is fun, what you think is sin. You know, it's all governed by that really, really small, narrow. And we don't think for ourselves, do we? I mean, we kind of just take it from top down, whatever the preacher said, that's the way it is. Yeah, that's right. that's right. And I think that's why small places tend to be a little bit more conservative than big places because big places open up people's minds a little bit more to experience more and to see that there isn't just one or two or three options. Yeah, I like that. And when he talks about leaders and he uses that word heretic, he says heretics create movements by empowering the tribe yeah. and saying Think outside the box. What? What? Yeah. And it, that's a powerful thing that we can do with, yeah. with our tribes. Now we're trying to build a tribe here, right? We're right. trying to find the people who connect with us, who find this to be the same kind of thoughts they're thinking, and then let's go on this journey together. And we want to do it not in a top down. We don't right. think top down. We want it to be um, egalitarian. We yeah. want it to be where we're all exchanging ideas and thoughts, and we're all kind of pulled together around things like this show and other things that we're doing. So what are the types of people that you think would be in our tribe? Great question. Um, I think people who want a better life, not that their life hasn't been good, but who have something in them that wants more, that wants Mm -hmm. to accomplish more, see more, do more, uh, experience more, um, not from a, uh, I'm not trying to say from a, a bigger house. That's not what I'm implying, but just, I want to, I want to travel more. Mm-hmm. I want to meet more interesting people. I want to taste all of the, I think those kind of people, just people that are interested in experiencing more of what this world has and a growing, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think that's how it, people who have realized that experience is more valuable than possessions. Yeah, absolutely. If you spend a thousand dollars on an experience, that's going to be a lifetime thing. But if you spend a thousand dollars on a, what costs a thousand dollars, a maybe a nice watch or something yeah, yeah. that may be good for a while, but you'll, you'll not have the same stories. It's like talking about that truck. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's, I think that's, those are the people, I think people who, want to be constantly growing and learning. Yeah. I think people who want to believe what they have believed their whole life mm-hmm. probably will be frightened a little bit by, yeah, I would by think this so. tribe. And I think because I don't like people who aren't trying to be better every day in every way. Me too. Me too. You gotta be. He said something else. And, and again, he used terminology that was, that kind of jolted me mm-hmm. a little bit. He used the word fundamentalist. Yeah. He said a fundamentalist is a person who considers whether a fact is acceptable to his religion before they explore it. Yeah. And I thought that was true for me. Growing up, the way I grew up, it's the belief was so set that it didn't matter what the facts say, I would discount the fact because of the belief yes. that I had. And he I thought it was interesting the way he used that a curious person explores first and then considers whether it's valid or not. Yeah. I think you and I are way more curious. And uh, I think that's what has opened us up to a bigger world than maybe the world that we grew 
Absolutely, because if we stick to a belief that is obviously unhealthy, like we talked about in the the other episode, the last episode about our beliefs about money, give it all away, give it all away. Don't don't keep any. That's not a healthy good belief. It's in the Bible, and Jesus even said it, so it has weight. But it's not the best thing for me, and so, and I've experienced when I've given it all away. I've had nothing left in, and that mystery of a blessing coming from above, pressed down, shaken together, and running over never showed up. Yeah, I think you're so right. I, I, whether it was mispresented or whatever, right. that idea that I can't want to have more money, even if the vir- there's virtue behind mm-hmm. the reasons, um, I've got to just run away from money, shy away from money, just, just the, that's unhealthy and that didn't make sense to us. And so we've had to really work on how do we stretch beyond that. And I think that will be another part of our tribe because it's something that we'll go back to over and over again as we deal with overcoming our limiting beliefs about wealth and making money. I've I've made money. I've done it well in the past. And then it all went away. And um, when it all went away, I just didn't want to do it anymore. And so now that I'm coming back to life, I'm wanting that yeah. again. And having to overcome those limiting beliefs, we're working on that. And hopefully other people who are working on that will go on that journey with us. I I hope so, because that is when I know you and I in our quiet moments have talked about how significant that is when our mind is kind of pointed a different direction and we're not open to the potential that maybe is there. So I'm very, very, very excited about that. So anyway, Seth talked about that. The heretic and the fundamentalist. The fundamentalist says, I don't care what the facts say. I'm going to stick to my belief regardless. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very, very interesting. Another thing that Seth said that I thought was very interesting is real leaders. And and he's saying, you don't have to go get a Harvard MBA. You mm-hmm. can be anybody and in this tribe kind of a, a, th- a way of thinking, you, you're given the opportunity to lead. Yeah. And he says this, real leaders don't care about receiving credit. It's always about your mission, about spreading the faith, about seeing something happen. Not only um, do you not care about that, it's, it's not even on your radar. And he said there's no record of Martin Luther King Jr. or Gandhi ever whining about not getting credit. It, yeah. I, I think that's a great thought. Do you remember the story he told about the guy at the Pentagon? Do you remember that story? It was early in the me. book. Oh, it, the, there's a guy at the Pentagon, low, low, low level at the Pentagon, oh, yeah, yeah. who ended up after 9-11 putting together a presentation that has ultimately shaped the way we do business now. And he was low man on the totem pole. It didn't come from the secretary of defense. It came from somebody low on the totem pole. He said that that can happen in our world of understanding of tribes. Yeah. And that that was very enlightening, enlightening to me is to begin to see the world as tribes and how we fit into those tribes. And if we want to lead, step up and lead. If not, that's okay. Do we need people who don't lead? But, but if you want to lead the opportunities right now to do it in a way that you couldn't do it 50 years ago. Yeah. And if you want to read this book, we'll make it easy. Go to tribes.raywaters.com. It'll bounce you to Amazon. Get the book, read it. The audio book's good too. He reads it. Seth and, reads and it. It's a short book too. I think 147 pages. So yeah. this is not heavy lifting. This is a really, um, smart book, but it's not a real long book. So I would encourage you, please read it. You'll, you'll be very glad that you did. 
What do we need to do next? Well, there's a book that we're going to, that I've started reading and you're going to read called Girl Boss about this woman entrepreneur who started, uh, she was just, life wasn't working for her. She was young. She didn't have any goals or anything. Is this a movie or is this a... It's a new Netflix series Ah. that I didn't realize was based on a true story. It's a true story. And so now we're reading the book and it's a really fast read. But one thing that's neat about her story is that she really did what this tribe's book is talking about. She started this thing of vintage clothing she would find vintage clothing change it up a little bit make it cool and women wanted the stuff that she made oh and gosh. she became a multi-millionaire hundred million dollars i believe Jeez. in seven years Jeez. something like that so we're going to jump into that book and so we'll yeah. be talking about that soon yeah and uh, do we have any updates on the passive income i know we want to keep people abreast of that just always go to passive income skeptic to stay in touch with what we're doing there because we're constantly trying things and sharing the experience and you can see what works and what doesn't. I love it. I love doing this with you too. This has been more fun than I, I was a little nervous at first. I thought, how are we going to talk for 30 or 45 minutes? And yeah. it just, I think we could go all day. This is really good. Yeah. All right. And Girl Boss, since we're going to do that on a future episode, if you want to read it before we talk about it, you can go to girlboss.raywaters.com and it'll bounce you to Amazon. That's super. Hey, and if you like these podcasts, share them. Yeah. Uh, we would love to get the word out because we want our tribe to grow. We want you to be a part of our tribe. We want to know you. We want you to know us. We want this thing to uh, be a, a life build or something that really helps you, helps me, helps us all on our journey. So thank you very much. Enjoyed it, Neil. Yep. Yeah. That's great.